Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I have had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey. So I wanted to share these casual interview chats with you all to leave you feeling empowered and inspired. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have Jessie Marshall, the founder of Hive HQ. Jessie is an absolute genius at all things PR. She works with some of the best beauty and lifestyle brands here in Australia, in Sydney. And she gives us the best insight into the PR world, what it takes to run a PR agency and so many tips for you guys along the way. So let's get started. I guess I would love to start with how did you get into business? How did you end up where you are now, you know, <laughs> founding your own PR agency? Yeah, great question. And I suppose I've got, um, I've had a lot of jobs in my time. Um, it all actually started, I started when I finished school, I was actually in beauty therapy. So I worked for Dermalogica, I worked for Alpha H, um, and then I decided to move to Sydney for a role here. Um, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I can't be doing this for another, you know, 20 years. <laughs> what am I doing? And I really, really liked it. Mainly when I worked for Dermalogica, actually, um, they had a marketing team that worked on collaborations and like the posters that we used to give because I was a business consultant. So they would create all these assets. And I was like, oh, it just seems like such a fun role. So I actually went back to uni and started studying. I didn't finish my degree, but it was in uh, communications and business. And I started working full-time at the same time because I was oh, 26. So I was used to earning a salary and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do the uni, uni life. I felt a little bit too old for it. So, yeah, was working full-time, studying full-time and kind of just fell into the agency world. So I worked for a smaller agency that did um, more consumer-based brands. wasn't my favourite role of all time, but it at least gave me um, a very large understanding of um, reporting and um, how to deal with media, making those initial media connections. And influencers at that stage were quite new, so we were still navigating that. Um, and then, yeah, here we are, Hive turns two in August. So, yeah, two years ago I went out on my own and just thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. I had yeah. some clients that had been contacting me directly because I was freelancing at the time. And, yeah, now we're here. So that's yeah, a very short amazing. story of it. Yeah, and congratulations on two years coming up so soon as well. Oh, thank you. I still feel like we're in our first six months sometimes just because you're running at such a pace. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it's also been an amazing two years, so I can't complain. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same. It's been, you know, over four years since I started Ete Swimwear and I feel like it's been maybe one, you know, time flies <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, so tell me a little bit about what that transition was like. You know, obviously starting out you were already doing a little bit of freelancing, so I guess it was more of a side hustle and then it became your full-time thing. 
how was that? You know, did you have people telling you you were crazy or, oh, you know, yeah. not to do it? And yeah, what I'm sort of things did you go through? You, um, being that you've, you know, you've got a number of businesses, so you know this. Uh, yeah, I think my mum still to this day is like, when are you going to get a real job? I'm like, this is my real job. <laughs> I have a real job. This is it. Um, look, of course, it has not been easy by like any way it's been tough there are days where I think to myself what am I doing I think it's been easy in comparison to some businesses um, that are out there that have struggled to start up and potentially you know shut down in their first few years so I think it really comes down to you have to want to be able to get up, hustle, mm. um, even though I really dislike using that word, but you have to be a self-motivator because it's not easy. Every single day is a different day and you have to be able to go, oh, well, it doesn't matter or, oh, well, yeah, that's a win and keep running because even once you get that one win, you then still need another win, particularly in PR because just getting that one story or that one influencer to upload isn't enough. You need yeah. tens of thousands of <laughs> media clippings and um, influencer partnerships or brand collaborations because that's what you do. So, yeah, I think you have to be a self-motivator um, first and you have to be willing to reach out for help. You know, like my first, uh, definitely my first year, I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Even now I think that. But there are often times where I'll sit someone, sit down with someone who's just as like-minded and will brainstorm up an idea and I can feel a million times better after that. Yeah. So I really think it's about just being really honest with where you're at and owning that and rolling with it. Yeah, and I guess like you touched on there, just surrounding yourself with people who lift you up as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. That's why I kind of started these couch chats is just kind of to bring together all of the amazing people that I've got to meet along my journey and you're obviously one of them. That's why you're here. Um, but, yeah, it is always going to be a challenge, I guess, isn't it? You know, it is, you do have to be self-motivated and you can't just sit on the couch all day even though some days you might feel like it. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I also think um, one of the reasons I decided to, you know, start the agency was I could then choose who I wanted to work with. So I think bringing on board clients that have been very like-minded, have similar ethos to me, has been really important. And they're products or brands that I love and adore and believe that they have a place. If say I had an inquiry and I didn't feel like it was aligned with me, I'm then happy to tell that person, okay, like this is where you should go. I'm not the right person because maybe I don't have the correct contacts for that brand or maybe they're just simply not aligned. And I think that's the one thing about being a business owner is a lot of it, and maybe I'm a control freak, but a lot of it is in your control to make that decision at the end of the day. So as long as you make the decision to be like, hey, I'm struggling, I need help, or your um, decision is, okay, no, we're going to jump on that and we're going to run with it, as long as you then follow through with whatever that is, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. And I think that's something we forget as entrepreneurs. It's like we decided this or like we chose this and we can change it. We don't have to just continue on because something's not working. We can... Do whatever we need to so that we can take the path that we want to. So, in that, you obviously now work with some really 
big Aussie sort of brands. How did that happen? Did you sort of just manifest? Did you say, look, this is my dream sort of brands and I'm just going to contact them and, you know, put myself out there? Or how did all of that come together? Yeah, great question. Um, So my partner is a business coach, similar to you, um, which at the beginning stages of my business, I sat down and I kind of wrote out a timeline. I haven't done it in a really long time. I feel really guilty for not. Um, So if I look back at what that timeline actually said, I probably did manifest a lot of it because all of it was actually written down. So I'd written, you know, initially when I first started, I was more in like the wellness lifestyle space and that's not me. Like I said, I'm ex-beauty therapist. Beauty is definitely my thing and that's where I most recently worked and found that that's what I loved. So, yeah, in that first year I kind of wrote down I really want to work with, you know, six beauty brands that might be in that startup field but then eventually grow to be you know huge within Australia and looking back I definitely have um, achieved that without realizing it I think initially to gain the clients that I do now have was just networking I just put myself out there also there's a Facebook group I don't know if you know it like-minded bitches drinking wine yeah, I had a lot of people that would recommend me on there. So if someone was active in looking, you know, PR agent Sydney, um, I seem to come up just from people tagging me. So I've had quite a few inquiries from that. So again, it's really word of mouth recommendations. I haven't really had to reach out to a brand and be like, hi, can I do your PR? That is <laughs> an uncomfortable thing for me to have to do. Um, so it's been rare, but a lot have just come, yeah, word of mouth or, yeah, from a networking scenario. And in that, I think they've stayed on board because we work with them in a way that is bespoke to them. I don't have a one-size-fits-all um, for every single brand. It's very much what do they need? from listening to them and then going, okay, cool, well, we can execute X. So, yeah, I think um, it's being flexible in a way with those brands and listening to what they want. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, obviously the PR industry is like pretty crazy. It's like a 24-7 job. It's not really something that you can just say I'm taking, you know, a few days off and, you know, the brands can wait and the journalists can wait because I know they're super last minute, especially with, you know, media. So how do you personally cope with all of that? And obviously you've worked in the industry for a while, but I know that the pressures from, you know, clients, from media, from all angles is the pressure to just be always on. How do you cope with that? Like what are your sort of self-care or do you have any strategies in place or how do you do it? Great Great question. I can actually just see one of my friends do the love heart because I can see she's going, oh, good luck with this question, Jessie. So I am the worst person at saying that I have a work-life balance. I definitely don't. I'm on my phone. I'm on my emails 24-7. I will reply at, you know, some stupid hour because I'm obsessive. I don't think it's healthy to be like that. I think you definitely need to have some boundaries. Um, it is really hard in the media industry because yes, they are last minute because they're actually understaffed and under the pump. Mm. So 
that, you know, it might be that the magazine's running next week, but they still don't have an image or you need to send a sample so that they've got it for the shoot tomorrow. So you do need to be flexible um, in answering those briefs. Although that's one of the reasons we're in Sydney because we're accessible to media um, so that we can just courier the product to them for their photo shoot tomorrow because it's not going to take overnight. It can be there at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is people are getting more aware of the work-life balance. So, you know, yes, okay, I might answer you within an hour, but most of the media are still stopping at, you know, 5, 6 o'clock unless they're mm-hmm. on a deadline. So, look, you do need, if you're going to enter this industry, you definitely need to be aware that it is 24-7 to the point of I'll be flicking through my feed and I'm no longer looking at my feed at what my best friend's doing and uploading. I'm looking at, are you an influencer and can I work with you? Mm-hmm. So my feed now isn't a, you know, I'm not perusing going, oh, that's a like nice place to go to dinner. I'm like, who's this girl? Why don't I know about yeah. it? So, um, as much as I would like to say my mind doesn't work like that, it does. Yeah, it's, it is a challenge. I mean, that's something that I've had to learn as well. And, um, Sometimes I find myself falling back into that, but I totally get it because if you aren't there, then they might just find some other brand that fits yeah. the same brief and then you've yeah. lost that opportunity. So you kind of, yeah. you know, for your clients it's hard. Do you have staff and I know you have some staff, but do you have like an assistant or someone that just can take some things off your hands? Or Yeah, so as the business has grown, I've realised that I definitely need to delegate for that reason. So one of the reasons is I can't, if I'm in a meeting, I can't be on my emails 24-7, which also means that the workload doesn't stop, you know, like Mm. it's still there. So you're right, you have to be able to answer a brief or a client um, ASAP. So, yeah, we have hired, which has been amazing. I've got someone who sits in the office with me, Christian, who has been, honestly, I can't tell you, an absolute delight. I've been very blessed. It did take me a while to find who my tribe was um, and I have definitely found that person now. And then I have a senior who assists from a media perspective just because she's got the experience there. She's part-time because she has a um, she has twins. So we just work in with what hours she can do um, and that assists from Uh, yeah, a pitching perspective, anything more senior that's needed. I'll step in now in assisting on like navigating where we actually need to be, what are we doing to get there, how are we doing it, Um, Mm -hmm. as well as client-to-client meetings because that's important to me and I know that those relationships, because I was kind of there from day one, they've been with me since day one, so they're used to me. Um, So I still report to the client directly and work on new business and strategy. Yeah, yeah, because I've noticed, I mean, even when I've emailed you or people that I know have emailed you, you've just been onto it straight away and you treat everyone with such respect and, you know, oh, you're, thank you. you're so generous to everyone, you know, even if they're not a client, you're happy to help them out or work with them or, you know. Yeah, I think life. I reckon that comes from my beauty therapy days. Like if I look back, I think I did education for a little while at Taste and for me, I'm like, if I can educate someone and provide them with knowledge on this industry, they'll be less 
confused about what it is that we do because it is very grey. It's not black and white. I don't have a marketing strategy per se and I don't know when the EDM is going to go out. You know, like I can't tell you when the influencer is going to upload even if I give them a guide. It's a guide. So I think because we sit in that very grey world, if I can provide anyone that comes to me with a little bit of information on what it is that we do, you then won't be sitting there going, what the hell is she doing? Because we are a confusing industry. Yeah. Definitely. Well, if you could give it to us in a couple of sentences, what what exactly do you do in a nutshell? Yeah. So what I say to people is we create awareness. So if that's a media article, that's awareness to your brand. If that's an influencer partnership, that's awareness for your brand. If that's a collaboration, like we've done a giveaway, I think, between some of our clients, same thing. It's generating awareness for brands. Most of the brands we work with are within that beauty and fashion space. Mm -hmm. So that is what we do in a nutshell. Awesome. (laughs) And obviously you work with traditional PR and influencers and obviously influencers are kind of a new new age um, media. So... How has that changed or what what is kind of the difference between the two at the moment that you're finding? So uh, media definitely has changed from when I was first here. I think it's really important to ensure that a brand has media attention, whether that's a print article in your local newspaper, whether that's an online mention for national or global exposure, because that gives credibility to a brand. So mm. It might be that you're featuring news.com or in Sydney Morning Herald or Marie Claire. That still is something that you can say we featured in X. So it gives you credibility. If it's an online article, it also generally will give you a click through, which helps boost your SEO. Mm-hmm. So I think media is really important. Influencer wise, I think as we sit on our phones all the time and we're scrolling through, it's really easy for product placement. It helps drive people to the product to then essentially get them to purchase the product or they become a follower and they follow the brand for a while to see whether they're interested or not. Now, the thing with influencers as well, it gives the brand content. So if the brand doesn't necessarily hold their own photo shoot, they have content off the back of it um, Mm -hmm. that they can, you know, repurpose. Now, I do believe that not only is media attention important, influencer attention is important, but also then you also need to ensure that that brand, so when I work with a brand, I'll generally say, have you got SEO set up? What does your website look like? Are you retargeting people that come to your website? Have you got a marketing strategy? Because without all of those things, the PR isn't going to work. So I really have learnt now to ensure that whoever I partner with has those things um, so that whatever our strategy is, it works because it, it all works together. Yeah. I think that's so true. You can't just have one magic bullet and just use influencers for a week or a month and then your brand's successful or you can't just get one feature in an article and then you're successful. You know, it's all of the elements and even just your own branding, your own Instagram plays a huge part in it and that's something that I share quite a bit as well is, you know, if your brand doesn't look as appealing, I'm sure it's harder for you to then get influencers and media to agree to it and Sometimes as simple as doing a professional photo shoot, you know. 
yeah um, the whole perspective of the brand so yeah. there's tons of things involved and i think yeah so there's good. lots of like cogs that need to be connected <laughs> for that success i think as well on that point i've had so many people that will come to my page and they will say oh my gosh we just want to do exactly what such and such did Mm. And I'm always like, yes, that's fine. But remember that that hasn't happened overnight. This has been a work in progress for 12 months. You know, we've mm-hmm. been working on that brand for 12 months and that's what we've achieved in time. Yes, you're now sitting seeing it on your feeds or in newspaper articles, but that took time to get there. It didn't yeah. happen overnight. So PR is, it's a, it's a long game. Yes, you can get things instantly, but it's about continuous momentum as opposed to that one hit wonder and walking away which is what you're saying Uh you can't just be doing it for a week which is why our strategies will never be a month long unless it's for Mm. bringing an event to life because then that's something completely different we can do that in four weeks although what are you doing after the four weeks yeah is what's important you know it's all about amplifying that opportunity because my first taste at pr was when i went to new york fashion week and I was in this Australian showcase and I was the only one who went out and did my own PR or hired people and, you know, got people to help me because what's the point of me going to New York Fashion Week if no one knows about it? So I went out and, you know, got a freelancer from here in Perth and was able to get some PR around it. But like you said, you can't just go and set up this one event because it's everything that trails on after it and before it and it's hand in hand. Like you said, if you don't don't maximise that, the issue is then like who sees it. But also if you only were to do it for that that four weeks, you don't then gain the momentum off the back of that to continue for the next six months. So, yeah, I think there's a full scope strategy when it comes to PR. Um, PR also, like we've said, you know, what, what actually is it? It encompasses not only that media attention but that influence engagement and I suppose we're different in that maybe because we're a boutique agency, I'll work with you to say, hey, Jess, look, I've had a look through your images. They're not um, that aspirational. Can we do a shoot? Here are some content creators. So I kind of work not as a, as a business consultant by any means because that's not my forte, but I will kind of say, look, I can see that this is what is working or trending. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to jump on the back of that. So I kind of work with you to guide you in some ways as to what I think is also going to help make the brand more successful. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I mean, that's where I think people are going more niche. People are going to more personable services. You know, people want to work with you because they like you and they connect with you rather than, you know, some of the big, big agencies that you might get you know, a few people working on your account and it's not as personal and there's, you know, the strict processes and that's sort of the process they do and that's how they've always done it. So I think that's awesome that you take such a personal approach because every brand is so different. You can't yeah. just apply the same thing to everyone. And well, and I, also your brand might have a completely different demographic to another brand. So why is that same strategy going to work for you? Plus you as the business owner have different KPIs. So what you see as success is different to what person B sees it as success. So yeah. we kind of work with the brand to be like, okay, what is the desired outcome in six months' time, 12 months' time? What is the goal? Because that is what is important. Because otherwise we might get you the TV mention and you're like, I don't I don't even care about the TV mention. I only <laughs> care about the online mention. So we've kind of got to be aligned um, with you and we can only do that by asking 
a lot of questions and having that conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And just quickly back on to sort of the topic of, you know, people these days want instant success. You know, they they see the one-hit wonders and they see the overnight successes, even though that's not a thing. We know that there's been a lot of work up until that point. But how do you manage expectations around, you know, PR is going to make me a millionaire or I'm going to get a million sales, you know, if I get this one TV feature or, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, or misunderstandings of the benefits around something such as PR, which maybe isn't as tangible as Facebook ads, for example. So how do you sort of manage those expectations? Yeah, definitely. And you're 100% right. It's not tangible like Facebook ads. I know a lot of people who put money into Facebook ads know exactly what's coming back. I suppose if you look at it as we we can find you an influencer that then um, will give you awareness potentially beyond your Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. It'll potentially in, um, engage you to a new audience of people, which you can then retarget through your advertising. Mm-hmm. It's def- I will never, um, I think, I could never say to someone that you're going to be an overnight success only because I'm too honest and mm-hmm. I just know the hard work that goes into um, doing that. And yeah. you also don't want to be a brand that goes big, really quickly like overnight because keeping up with that is the hardest part so actually slow and steady and ticking away that momentum for 12 months to to gain that success is actually more achievable because then you've got all your cogs if that's what Mm. we're talking about working and in order you know who your demographic is because that can generally sometimes change like pivot or change um as you start to get further into business, um, your messaging becomes more aligned. You know who your team is, just like me finding a staff member. You know, that doesn't happen overnight. I now know who that person is. If tomorrow, you know, I needed to hire somebody else, I know who I'm looking for. It's the same with a brand and a business in that even though they think that their Facebook strategy is on point in month three of launching, by month 12, they know a whole lot more about Mm -hmm. Um, that return same as when we're looking at influencers we know what influencers we want to engage but that can also change you know we might be looking at um mums for a month because it's mother's day and that's our focus Mm -hmm. but we also then might change and look at more females who are you know makeup artists within the space because we've got a new product that's coming out so i think yeah, there's no, no, nothing that's going to happen overnight, no success. It's long and um, you should be prepared for that, but mm-hmm. it's going to be worth it, you know? Yeah, and that's something I share quite often as well. You know, it takes persistence and doing it constantly as well, you know, sticking yeah. at something for long enough because you're never going to see results if you try something and then stop and then try something and stop and it's not going to work. So yeah. try something for a long enough time. And yeah. things just happen, you know. I've used influencers from the beginning of starting my business and to be honest, I don't think I could measure how many sales directly came from them. But that was one of my core strategies to grow my swimwear brand and the sales are coming from somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely- also there are so many ways to know whether it is or isn't working. Mm-hmm. So one way might be that you provide them with a um, unique link. That, you know, it might be um, 
hypehq.com slash jesse so you know that it, it came from jesse or all of that came from me or yeah. providing me with a discount code but after the fact after that's gone after that that 24 hours has you know subsided on that, those stories it doesn't mean that that influencer still didn't convert mm. because they still yeah. created an awareness so you're right it's really hard to know the entire monetary value even um, just um it's important yeah definitely and even just from the um just experience that i've done you know supporting a few brands that i love i know that people have dm'd me and said hey i just bought that after seeing it on your story but they didn't actually use my code so therefore you know it's yeah. not always foolproof maybe they google it and they come to it some other way i also know even if i see someone upload and I know this, I work in the industry, I also am a consumer. So I know this by swiping up and I think, oh, my gosh, yes, I'm going to get that. Oh, did they have a discount code? Oh, well, who cares? Shop the cart and I pay. And I don't even care that it's not the discount code that I'm after. It's I just really liked and aligned with the brand. Um, yeah. I think as well ensuring that your influencer, whoever she is, right, it's the same as media. If you know that your demographic read the newspaper, go after the newspaper please if it's a business story newspapers probably where it's at if it's a beauty story it really depends on the page and who's reading it and whether it's your demographic mm -hmm. um same with an influencer ensuring that that person has the right um demographic is what's important to you so not every influencer is going to work for every single brand because it comes down to who their audience actually is mm -hmm. and the reason again why are you using them is it for gorgeous content because that's fine yeah give it to the gorgeous people that take amazing content is it for sales then find the person with the best aligned audience to you that has amazing engagement because they're going to convert Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's hard because I do this all day, every day, and I see a lot of brands make huge mistakes. Look, mm -hmm. we have to make mistakes to learn lessons, but that's also why someone, whether it's a marketing agency or a Facebook agency or a PR agency, we are specialists in that arena, mm -hmm. and there is a reason for that. And it's because yeah. we honestly sit there all day every day monitoring this like I can't get away from my Instagram feed because I'm sitting there finding another girl that looks great to work with <laughs> or I found another dad that might help for fast day promotions because of my male based product you know so it's yeah you have to be um forever on the pulse with this it's why I haven't done Facebook advertising because I know you have to be on the pulse with that so yeah I think there are there are reasons why people are um, in their area, you have to be obsessive compulsive to stay in it. But when you love something, you'll put everything into researching and understanding that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, we've been chatting for a little while now. So just before we wrap up, I would love to just know what's next for you. Like what's next for Hive HQ and yourself and oh, where are you sort of taking it? Um. At the moment, we're um, in an amazing state in that we have some incredible clients that we work with. We don't need to grow any larger. I don't want to be an agency of 50 people. It's just I couldn't manage it. It would be way too stressful. Um, I think for us, we're just I'm just really happy with where we are at the moment considering the world is in absolute turmoil. 
Um, I think we've got some amazing clients that have been super supportive as well. So we just can't wait to continue to support them. I think for us in the short term, it would be getting events to come back and being Mm -hmm. able to actually host things in a different environment to what we're currently doing. Um, You know, a freestanding office instead of having to co-share would be amazing. But I'm also not opposed to like how we're currently operating um because we also love working with other teams because it makes us feel bigger than what we are um yeah and i think operating lean is really cool you know people have these traditional ideas of success you know i want a storefront or i want this and that and sometimes it's not financially viable these days and you know you might be traveling all the time and you're in and out of the office and you might work from home sometimes or yeah so there's new way of doing it so i think that's awesome that you're feeling content and yeah I think maybe it's because we're at two years I don't know I don't know if you've got any answers here but I think it's just we've been running at such a pace for such a long time which is an amazing thing it has been nice to sit back and be like oh wow we're actually just really comfortable right now and we're okay with that um instead of being like oh my gosh what's next what's next what's next it's actually just now being really happy with the strategies that we've got in place and the procedures and being able to now achieve those um I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't really have any huge goals. I'm really happy with where we're at. So No, but I love that though. You know, not everyone, I think it's good to have that contrast, you know, and it is okay to be happy with where you're at, you know, because otherwise we're always on this hamster wheel chasing something that's out of our reach. But sometimes you just need to step back and say, wow, look what I've done, look where we've come and this is where I would love to stay. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I'll also probably have to go back and do what my goals are for the next 12 months. Like I said, I haven't done it in a very long time and I definitely need to set some even personal KPIs such as maybe not being on my phone (laughs) as often as I could actually do that. So, yeah, we're really happy. We love um, educating people within this space. And I think if there was anything that I could, you know, wish it would be to educate more people on how powerful PR can be um, Mm -hmm. and putting them in touch with the right person, even if it's not me, you know? I love that. Well, I think that was a really awesome insight into the PR industry and everything that you do, and I think there was tons of tips there for everyone as well. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thanks for having me on. It's so good to see you. (laughs) Yeah, you too. (laughs) Bye on the phone. (laughs) <laughs> I know at least the one thing about uh COVID that has um been amazing is the fact that we can find another way to communicate with one another you know yeah it's been amazing exactly. to see how many people have you know you've come up with couch chats you've seen that there's an area there for people to really gain more knowledge and information so well done to you for putting this together because some people wouldn't have had the creative capacity to be able to so well done Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, Jess. No worries. Have an amazing day. You too. Bye. I hope you're feeling as just as inspired as I am after that chat with Jesse, all about the fast-paced and crazy lifestyle of the PR industry. I hope you got a ton of tips out of that as well that you can use in your business and just in your life and your journey. So don't forget to screenshot. Please screenshot and share to your Instagram stories and tag me at jess.williamson8 and Jesse Marshall 
at hq.hive so we can regram and we'd love to hear what you guys think. Please also make sure you jump on Instagram and watch the IGTV so you can watch this interview live as well. And you can find that on my Instagram at jess.williamson8. Have an amazing day.